a level one breach. A level one breach. A level one breach. Is breaches like burns or murder? Burns the one, two, three is the worst. Murder three, two, one is the worst. A first, a third degree burn is worse than a first degree burn. Yes, but third degree murder is not as bad. Not as bad as first degree. Defcon one is the highest. Defcon. Okay. We we really need to standardize this. But a five star rating means well, that's great. Is better than one star. Certainly. Okay. Uh, level one breach is the smallest breach you can have on the stock market where they actually shut off trading and say, things have gotten too crazy. Everybody calm down. Futures on the S&P 500 overnight were uh, halted after they declined 5%, hitting circuit breaker levels. And they shut it down for a little bit. A level one breach is a 7% decline, and then you halt trading for 15 minutes and you say, all right, calm down. I'm going to turn it back on. Let's act like grown-ups here. <laughs> and you hope. Then if it goes down 13%, hey, hold on. What did Ooga, I just say? <laughs> you shut it down again for 15 minutes and say, listen, I'm telling you one more time. Stop selling everything. <laughs> everything is fine. Damn it. I'm going to turn the stock market back on, <laughs> but I'm keeping an eye on you. And then if it takes a 20% drop, they shut it down for the day. Yeah. And we haven't had that happen today. But they had the level one breach where take they take your ticker and go home. Where they stopped it for fifteen minutes mm. to uh, stop a computer-driven calamity. Well, around uh, coronavirus and oil stuff. Yeah, the oil stuff's a little confusing. Russian and OPEC are in a snit and arguing about production and the rest of it. But oh, it'll all be fine, folks. Went eventually. The, went to the gym the other day. Worked out my OPECs. Mm. Yeah, how they look day. Oh, they're as good as ever. Swole. <laughs> so this is such an odd story. This guy, uh, Zachary McCoy, his friends call him Zach. He gets this email uh, Tuesday afternoon in January. It's about to head out for work. It was from Google's lead investigations support team, writing to let him know that local police had demanded information related to his Google at- account. So Google lets you know that? It sounds like some sort of phishing scheme where if you click on yeah. anything, they're going to have your social security I number. I guarantee you I would think that that was phony yeah. if I got an email saying the police just looked into your Google account. No, they didn't. Well, here's the long but short. They did? Well, Google it. The, the long short of what the email said was local coppers had demanded information relating to your Google account. We're going to release it unless you go to court to try to block it. You got seven days. Huh. I didn't know Google did that. Now, this guy is an honest guy. He's, he, he can't imagine what's going on with the with the coppers. And so the police <clears throat> the police are trying to get stuff that's not publicly available then. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, like millions of Americans, he uses an assortment of Google products, including Gmail and YouTube. Um, and police wanted access to all of it. I didn't know what it was about. I knew the police wanted to get something from me. I was afraid I was going to get charged with something. I didn't know what to do. Um, but there was one clue. In the notice from Google was a case number. And Mr. McCoy, Zach, searched for it on the Gainesville Police Department's website and found a one-page investigation report on the burglary of an elderly woman's home a few months earlier. The crime had occurred less than a mile from the home that McCoy shares with a couple other people. Um, he never, he has nothing to do with the break-in. He'd never even been to the victim's house. Um, and he only had a week to figure out what was going on. 
So he went to his parents' house and explained what was happening. And they said, yeah, we got a few bucks. We'll hire a lawyer. So this lawyer digs around. He learns that the police had been prompted by a... <clears throat> Bernie <me>. Sanders. <clears throat> millionaires and billionaires. Um, been prompted by a geofence warrant. Warrant which is a police surveillance tool that casts a virtual dragnet over crime scenes and sweeps up Google location data drawn from your GPS, your Bluetooth, your Wi-Fi, cell connections, anybody nearby. Um, And this has increased dramatically, and some privacy advocates are against it. Long story short, he'd ridden his bike with his exercise tracking app, RunKeeper, to record his rides, and uh, it's a Google thingamajigger, evidently. So Google said, uh, yeah, yeah, this is Zach McCoy. He was, he was, he rode right by the house. Well, that's the future of, uh, everything. We'll all have five different devices on us that are sending information somewhere. And we'll, this is going to happen all the time. Yeah. And somehow the cops got the idea. Here's this young guy lives in the area. Yep. He's our lead suspect. He found out. Oh. The sort of person that's breaking into your car or doing whatever, they're the least likely to have any sort of electronic device tracking them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the lawyer he hired told him um, police said they'd become particularly interested in his device after reviewing the first batch of anonymized data. Um, and so they turned... See, they, they don't get names at first, but they turned to Google for more information <clears throat> which triggered a request that the tech giant sent to McCoy to hand over all of his Google stuff. And again, you have a week to to put the stop sign up or they they do it. It's in your uh, agreed to the terms thing, you know, mm. click to signify you agree. And he did, apparently. Now there But if I just say don't, <clears throat> that's it. No, you got to go to court to stop it, I guess. Oh, well, that's got to be a pain. So yeah. I got to prove I'm innocent to stop it? Or I wonder what that process is like. I don't know exactly. And what would that cost me? Do I need to hire a lawyer? $100. <laughs> I don't know, Bargain. but Google. I like when you answer questions. Google. Authoritatively. G- having no idea. <laughs> Google geofence warrants have been used by police agencies around the country. And it's b- becoming more and more popular, growing by, you know, a thousand percent a year. Over the last several years, and um, the uh, the cops in his area say, "Hey, we've used this to solve an array of crimes, including homicides, shootings, robberies, kidnappings, rapes, etc." I would think the majority of citizens in this world would love the fact that we are putting violent offenders in jail. Privacy advocates disagree; say this is no good. Hmm. Interesting topic. Coming up. A policeman that may have been involved in a crime story we were talking about just last hour on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hmm. So that'll be an interesting update. Yeah, and actually, we probably ought to take a break, but I will tell you this. He had to file a motion in civil court to render the warrant null and void and block the release of any further information, um, making some legal argument for it. But, uh, yeah, so you have to affirmatively go hire a lawyer and jump through a bunch of hoops to stop it from happening. Uh, also, a coronavirus update coming up in just a little bit. Saw two movies over the weekend. What? Really? Which I rarely see movies. Not in the movie theater. No, of course not. Not be silly. Don't be ridiculous. Um, watched. Uh, <clears throat> so it was my son's birthday on Saturday, and I had promised him we'd go see this movie in the theater, which obviously I did not fulfill my promise. We watched it on our TV. Although I do now have a giant television. 
Um, but uh, we watched Ford versus Ferrari. It was oh, his, yeah. It was his first grown-up movie on his 10th birthday. Oh. Which is very exciting. My first grown-up movie I saw was Rocky. Mm. Uh, and um, really made an impression on me. Because grown-up movies are a lot different than kid movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, one thing he said, Ford versus Ferrari is a good movie. It was nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. I mean, it's an it's a, it's a actual good movie, even though it's about race cars and stuff. And... Um, uh, but he did at one point, he said, when's the action start? There's a lot of talking. I said, yeah. I said grown-up movies are like that. There's a lot of talking in grown-up movies. Too much. <laughs> a lot longer in between action. But uh, really loved the movie. That was pretty pretty dang good. I was surprised. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a wonderful movie. I, I think it's going to age beautifully. It'll, yeah. it'll be one of the, of this past year, it'll be one of the more relevant ones five years that forward. That was a full-on great movie. Yeah, it's and, really good. and it was just striking to me on how... This is the sort of movie that they used to make all the time as movies. Like a story about something. Not a superhero, but... (laughs) (laughs) Not repackaged intellectual property that we know from some other decade. Yeah, yeah. it's just like a story you're telling me. That's fantastic. I think I was 12 years old. My buddy George and I, we both played hockey, and um, there's a hit movie out that uh, centered around hockey. And so my buddy George's mom announced that she would be willing to take uh, me and George to the movie. That movie was Slapshot, which you have ever, if you've ever seen it, it is a thousand and six F-bombs and worse and lots of nudity and absolutely graphic violence through the entire thing. His mom had not bothered to check the rating or read a review or anything. And we sat there alternately just amused as hell or astounded. By bare bosoms. Way to go, and, John Hickenlooper. And embarrassed that we were sitting next to George's mom <laughs> as this all unfolded. Yeah, I had, Very funny. I had done a little research, so I knew there was no no super bad language. A little violence. Race car driver dies in a crash. And, Ooh, too bad. Yeah, that you, you come to like in the movie and everything like that. But I'll tell you what, if you haven't seen the Spoiler movie, alert. watch it, if only for the Matt Damon Christian Bale fight. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, and with the two race car drivers in which the one race car driver's wife brings a lawn chair out to watch him fight because she's look at these two knuckleheads. Oh, they're at it again. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Very entertaining. Um, and then Frozen 2, which had too much singing. Freaking too much god dang singing. Freaking musicals. You know who hates musicals? All males and boys also. Mm. Um, I mean, just my kids, they hate it as much as I do. Oh, she's singing again. By the end of the movie, they were saying Elsa is frozen. Maybe she's dead this time, so she won't sing anymore. <laughs> Stop singing. Oh, and that's Adele Dazim doing the singing, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's how she came to fame. Anyway, we'll update you on all those stories we mentioned next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, we have locally, like school district, like one over from the one my kids go to, canceled school for the week. Giant school district. Giant school district. And everybody's like, what? What'd you do that for? It's the only one. Is there a reason? And then, like, crickets. I mean, I haven't heard, like, any information from... Who made the decision? How many people made the decision? And based on what? I haven't heard a word about that. Not clear at all. And we just got this text, which is a pretty decent one, 
So you canceled classes for the week. You know it's going to be around next week, so that's a very good point. Nobody is saying this isn't going to be around for weeks, maybe months. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep schools canceled till when exactly? Till the entire globe is clear of this. And in this particular school district that canceled, nobody's got it. So there's been zero cases of it. What would be... All right. It seems pretty clear to me it was an overreaction. People got all worked up late at night and, and made a stupid decision. Yeah. If you can correct... There's probably know, only two or three people driving it. Convince me I'm wrong, but I can't imagine the logic of... Whatever caused you to close school this week that's going to allow it to open next week? Practically impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Hmm. In fact, you know, judging by the math so far on this thing, the need would be more compelling next week. Yeah. So I guess that district, just no more school. For the rest of the year. That's right. Maybe forever. All right. It's the end of education. Back to the caves. So what's the long and short of the story you did out of Portland? Because I have a follow-up on that. Uh, And this has a greater significance than just Portland. A a crazy person, my word's not theirs, uh, robbed a donut shop with a hatchet in his hand. Well, he he took a bunch of donuts and then stood there a block away eating them and was apprehended and then booked into jail. We got this text. I may or may not be a Portland police officer, and I may or may not have been on that call. We can place people on mental holds because we were wondering, what do you do with somebody robs a donut shop with a machete and then stands outside and eats the donuts? It's a hatchet, Jack. It's a totally different tool. What do you do with that person? They're either out of their mind on drugs or crazy. How about a mattock? I don't know what a mattock is. It's like a big pick thing. We can place people on mental holds, but only if they are clearly unable to care for themselves. It's odd that this call has gotten so much attention seeing as we do stuff like this weekly. It's the donut shop aspect. It's donuts plus hatchet. Yeah. It's just, exactly. it's, it's yeah. so different. Yeah. Even though it's the, to be the exactly same thing as a, a knife and a convenience store. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That happens all the time. Doesn't make the news. Yeah. It's, it's wacky somehow. Although it's really not wacky when you dig in. The guy's obviously Fruit Loops. We do this. We see stuff like this weekly. I arrested a half naked guy this morning that was blasting a fire extinguisher off in a parking garage of an upscale condo building. Until changes are made, this is what we've decided to live with. I would say 90% of the calls I run are either drug-related or mental health issues or both. We're spending an ungodly amount of resources on an issue that's only getting worse. 90%, they're either high out of their mind or mentally ill or both. Right. How do you police that? Well, and and that's the problem. You're policing it. The, The front line of our troops dealing with mental illness these days are the cops because of terrible decisions made in the 60s and 70s about mental health care. Well more than yeah, more than how do you police it? How do you come up with a uh, a corrective mechanism? Because the 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 idea is we've got uh, punishments in place, either a fine of this level or this many days in jail that will make you stop doing that. Mm-hmm. But if you're out of your mind on drugs or crazy, none of those work. No. And it's a tragedy that you're left to freeze or starve or, or just barely subsist on the streets if you're mentally ill, especially. And, you know, there ought to be something done for you. It's, it's like somebody having a physical illness. We don't cast you out or let you die of it. I, uh, it's got to be something to be a cop. I don't know how you would not become so jaded and think, what am, what am I doing? I mean, I'm making a living. but Well, you're babysitting crazy people to a large extent. Yeah, we need to do better. I I get the feeling that the homeless crisis 
is driving people actually paying attention to this. The problem is nobody is is going to get rich from it, although there will be a lot of money trading hands. Um, the real solutions are complicated, <clears throat> and people aren't going to get rich at them. So there's no constituency for it. There's no union driving it. There's no uh, you know coalition of, of bums that's looking for you know more aid or something that gets together and votes. So it it has to be what government theoretically is, which is all of us coming together and saying, hey, this is a need in our uh, communities, our society. We need to do something about this. But most of what drives politics is just greed, greed and selfishness. And uh, the people who need it, that they don't have the the wherewithal to push for it. It's tough to get mentally ill people to rally for better better mental health care, in short. But never had the voodoo donuts. I took a look at them. I've taken a look at them several times. They look too uh, too full icing and fanciness. Too, I like full, a good... too full of fanciness. Well, they're like a donut designed for a little kid with way they're, too much icing and stuff. A, a donut should be a simple, beautiful thing. So is that... There's a, there's a super fancy donut place in the Portland airport. It's is, probably Voodoo Donuts. I, think, yeah, and, I don't recall. But. And we did, my son and I had them, and we didn't like them. Mm. We actually didn't like them. It's like the only donut in my life I've ever had I didn't like. Huh. Just might mean my Was taste, it a bit elaborate? Of course, yeah, the, the, it was elaborate and yeah. didn't taste like a donut. And the airport version of anything is a little questionable, too, if you ask me. But I'm not here to impugn the good folks at Voodoo Donuts, but uh, huh? it's a little fancy for me. Who am I to talk? Filled with fanciness. Mm, no, no. Good, basic American donut. That's what I crave. No state, no city wants to be the first to basically shut down their economy, but that's what's going to need to happen. States and cities are going to have to act in the interest of the national interest right now to prevent a broader epidemic. Shut down their economy. You mean... Close businesses, close large gatherings, close theaters, cancel events. I don't understand. Who is that? I don't understand why this isn't getting more attention. So this guy Gottlieb that was on Face the Nation yesterday, he was the former FDA something or other. Oh, yeah, former FDA commissioner. Um, hmm. uh, she, was he, like, in charge of inspecting tuna cans, though? I mean, the FDA is the Food and Drug Administration. Does right. this guy have any idea what he's talking about? I don't know, but him just throwing out kind of... Who's going to be have the courage to shut down their entire city? Who's going to be the first city or state to shut down their economy? I mean, these are some pretty loose phrases you're throwing around. What does that mean for a state to shut down its economy? <laughs> what the hell? You can't say stuff like that. Well, that would be martial law, for one thing, and, and like beyond martial law. Close businesses and schools, all theaters. You're going to close all the businesses? You're going to make them close or right. suggest they close? Right. Sorry, can't sell you any pet food today. It just seems outlandish. And then, um, sorry, can't wash your car today. Coronavirus. Who's the British guy on Fox? Uh, he's got his own show. He's Stuart on, Varney. He's on Brett Bear all the time. No, bald guy. Oh, Steve Hilton. Hilton. Steve Hilton. Yeah. He he said this yesterday on his show, and I thought it was pretty good. He said all these kind of random decisions to shut down this music festival <clears> or <throat> this convention when other ones are going on um, are not. You know, in a vacuum, a lot of things get affected. You shut down that music festival, 
There's a whole bunch of hotels and restaurants. That's X percentage of the money they're going to make this year, let alone this month, this week. Which means waitresses and maids and sure. all sorts of people working, people get screwed. Sure. Yeah. There, there, there's a lot of people. There's some fallout to these decisions. We got this text. I've been a union stagehand in San Jose for 20 years. Besides the usual touring theater and rock shows, about 75% of our work is conventions and conferences. The cancellations and work stoppage has gotten so bad so fast that at this point a career change might be in order as opposed to merely going on unemployment. A scary place for someone like myself. Wow. And the question has not been answered sufficiently to my mind. Is it necessary to shut down this convention or not? Right, right. Well, I yeah. The answer is almost certainly not, but saw this tweet. It was passed on to us by one of our beloved listeners. I don't know who this guy is, and it doesn't really matter, but he says, seems like there should be a compromise reaction between the rights. Lick every shopping cart. It's a hoax to hurt Trump. (laughs) And the left, the left saying, F it, we're already dead. Thanks to Trump. Insanity. Well, and as one of the replies said, yeah, there is the way virtually everybody is reacting, which is reasonably. You just hear about the unreasonable stuff. Then got this. uh, I'm going to lick shopping cart handles and say mega 2020. Yes. Um, It was funny. I I, I had a great weekend. Uh, A number of things happened. But, you know, one of the more enjoyable ones is we were shooting firearms at a buddy's place for. Uh, the afternoon. There you uh, go. Including. Shooting, Let them have it. Not just at targets, but we were shooting firearms at explosives. Perfect. Which is some of the most fun I've ever had. Take that. That's what it sounded like, Michael. I'll show you a video. Um, but anyway. Um, burr, uh, r- uh, oh, why, why did I mention that? It was a great weekend. It doesn't matter. So anyway, I uh, got this post from this um, doctor. And an infectious disease specialist, he writes, I've been at this for more than 20 years, seeing sick patients on a daily basis. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So we went away from liberal city to moderate-ish suburbs and out into the rural area. Every freaking gate of every ranch, homestead, and and hideaway had a Trump 2020 flag on it or sign. As if it were compulsory. It's just so interesting as you move... <clears throat> you know, through different population densities. But anyway, so this guy writes, uh, I've been been at this for more than 20 years, seeing sick patients on a daily basis. I've worked in inner city hospitals in the poorest slums of Africa. HIV, AIDS, hepatitis, TB, SARS, measles, shingles, whooping cough, diphtheria. There's little I haven't been exposed to in my profession. And with the notable exception of SARS, very la- very little has left me feeling vulnerable, overwhelmed, or downright scared. I am not scared of COVID-19. I'm concerned about the implications of a novel infectious agent that has spread over the world, etc. I'm rightly concerned for the welfare of those who are elderly in frail health or disenfranchised, who stand to suffer mostly, uh, but I am not scared of COVID-19. What I'm scared of is the loss of reason and wave of fear that has induced the masses of society into a spellbinding spiral of panic, stockpiling obscene quantities of anything that could fill a bomb shelter adequately in the post-apocalyptic world. I'm scared of an N95 mask being stolen from hospitals and urgent care clinics where they're actually needed for frontline healthcare workers and instead are being donned in airports, malls, and coffee lounges, promoting even more fear and suspicion of others. 
Uh, and then he goes on. She, he says, I'm scared that travel restrictions will become so far-reaching that weddings will be canceled, graduations missed, and family reunions not materialized. Hey, even that big party called the Olympic Games, that could be kibosh too. Can you even imagine? Uh, then he talks about the economic damage that could be caused, a uh, global recession. But then he says, mostly, I'm scared about what message we're sending to our kids when faced with a threat. Instead of reason, rationality, open-mindedness, and altruism, we're telling them to panic, be fearful, suspicious, reactionary, and self-interested. COVID-19 is nowhere near over. It will be coming to a city, a hospital, a friend, even a family member near you at some point. Expect it. Stop waiting to be surprised further. The fact that the virus itself will not likely do much harm when it arrives. But our own behaviors and fight for yourself above all else attitude could prove disastrous. I implore you, temper fear with reason, panic with patience, and uncertainty with education. We have an opportunity to learn a great deal about health hygiene and limiting the spread of innumerable transmissible diseases in our society. Um, et cetera, et cetera, compassion, sensefulness, uh, facts, not fear, clean hands, open hearts. Our children will thank us for it. So it's the Armstrong and Getty message. Yeah, we've been talking about this school district in California. It's one of the biggest school districts in the biggest state in the country. Elk, Elk Grove. Grove, California, huge. Elk Grove School District, and they canceled school for the week. And they're getting, I think it's going to grow during the week. People are still being fairly charitable about their comments, but it seems pretty clear that was a huge overreaction late at night. Let's just close it down for the week, then. That's a sensible precaution. Now, in the light of day and Monday, you're like, why? What? What are you doing? Especially you... when you look at every other town anywhere near there, and the kids are all going to school. And uh, no, they don't have an exceptionally high number of uh, coronavirus cases. They they got none. So, so one guy who was, had a friend who was exposed to somebody who had something, yeah, but nothing. So the, the question would be, if you close this week, what's your reasoning for opening next week? There's no logic to that whatsoever. Nope. But the that part uh, is what reminded me of it. it the, what does this say to the kids? you got to tell your kid, some bureaucrats overreacted, and probably to cover their own ass and look like leaders... They closed down the school, but no, there's nothing to worry about. I actually think that's a great lesson. <laughs> well, that a, might be the most important lesson yeah. they learned this year. Yeah, because that happens a lot. Yeah, sometimes the people in charge are maroons. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. On it goes. If you're didn't, super vulnerable, be super careful. Didn't anybody raise their hand and say, how do we justify closing school this week and mm. then open next week? Apparently not. Because that's unanswerable. I guarantee you, it was a couple of people who were super, super agitated and, and, and got people to temporarily go along with it. We've all done that, haven't we? Somebody's really adamant, and you say, all right, okay, yeah, I guess I see your point. But then you get away from them and their manic energy and think, well, how did I let them sway me? We this got, doesn't make any sense. We got fired once like that for like two days in yep. a meeting just like that. Yeah. Everybody got all worked up and excited, and we were fired for like two days, and then they all decided, what did we do that for? Yeah. <laughs> I think. And then gave us the big never mind. <laughs> yeah. Love you guys. What are you, fired? We didn't fire you. Yes, you did. You said, don't come here to work anymore. <laughs> Sounds like being fired to me. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
or die for Bernie tomorrow night? Probably. He he won Michigan. That's what like really relaunched his campaign against Hillary last time around. If he, oh, he, he doesn't win it this time, now nah, he's done. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's it's looking pretty weak. A lot of Biden endorsements over the weekend, and Bernie's two endorsements were Jesse Jackson and Jane Fonda. <laughs> Which uh, oof, weak. Speaking of weak, I'm weak-willed. I was induced to sing karaoke over the weekend. Really? It was that kind of a weekend? Mm. Wow, that's when you know you're having a weekend. Yeah. You're singing karaoke? You know what's... You're blowing uh, things up? So Somewhat surprising? Uh, uh, there was alcohol involved in the karaoke. No way. Yeah, I'm telling you. Do you have a go-to song, or did you just thumb through the binder and pick something? It was a fantastic binder from China. Or Japan or something. Right, right. With thousands of songs. So, uh, yeah. You but know, I don't want to talk about it. You know what I think would be <clears> fun <throat> is if you did karaoke and you got to choose the other person's song. <laughs> wow, like a karaoke gunfight. Yeah. Where you try to inflict damage. <laughs> exactly. The karaoke challenge. Couple of tales from fur and land. What'd you sing? I'm not telling you. Why not? I'm not going to talk about it. Total eclipse of the heart. I'm. I just. I won't. Uh... He always does that Whitney Houston song. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but in a really high key. <laughs> Judy and I sang together. Oh, cool. That was kind of nice. Yeah. I will. I will admit to doing David Bowie's "Let's Dance." <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Wow. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. What'd you and Judy sing together? Summer loving had me a blast. <laughs> we're, we're moving on Summer now. Summer loving. <laughs> say, say, we're, say. We're, uh, mo- we're moving on now to okay. a different discussion. Uh, first Maybe of all, you are. I'd, hope to, I'd hope to have more time for this today, perhaps tomorrow. Uh, I like this, this piece in the WAPO talking about old Vlad Putin. Uh, the president fires his director of national intelligence after aides brief a congressional committee on the new Russian efforts to interfere. His acting replacement is a man whose main qualifications appear to be that is blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, intelligence officials tell Bernie Sanders, the leading candidate to unseat the president, that Russian bots have infiltrated his online army to sow discord in the Democratic army. They say the goal is to help Sanders, but Sanders thinks it's a leak designed to hurt him. Not sure what to believe? Bingo! This fever of mistrust is the desired symptom of a powerful virus, a confident sapping worm of mutual suspicion that Russia has planted in the operating system of American democracy. One more sentence for you. At little or at little cost and with surprising ease, Vladimir Putin and his government have exploited partisanship and social media to serve Russia's long-term goal of weakening the West by encouraging disorder and disunity. You know, that's clearly happened, but I wonder how much credit Putin should get. I just feel like that was going to happen anyway with social media and the, the, the way media works now. I mean, he, he helped push it over, but I think it was wobbling anyway. Well, and the he's po- an accelerant, not yeah, the spark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, he was joining in on the trends that were already happening and pushing them along. Um, but, but it is it his certainly goal. infected me. I, I and that's hear- what pisses me off about the media. The, the Russians wanted Trump to win. The Russians wanted Trump to win, and then the <laughs> Russians were helping Bernie. That no, no, no. <laughs> He just wants to screw us and tear us down. It's not that he has an affection for a certain candidate. Man, everything I hear, I assume is not true. 
at this point in my life. There you go. Which is probably not helpful. You got that Soviet-style cynicism. Then one more uh, tale. We'll pursue that a little more tomorrow, but one more tale from a foreign land you thought you might uh, enjoy. A couple of the senior princes in Saudi Arabia have been detained by the uh, old Crown Prince MBS, who, who owns the world's uh, most expensive house and world's most expensive yacht. Uh-huh. Look out for bone saws. And the uh, most expensive uh, painting and everything. So a couple of geeks, doesn't matter who they are, you don't know their names anyway, but these are like top guys right below him. He uh, he uh, summoned them to the royal palace, said, hey, uh, come by for a meeting, would you? And they're thinking, oh, no, I'll bet we're going to be detained. Hey, uh, MBS, you're not going to detain us, are you? Oh, no, don't detain you. No, 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 no. I just got to have a meeting with you about, the, you know, the, uh, the oil and the sand and everything. <laughs> and then they show up. They show up at the palace. Say, MBS, what's up, bro? And he says, you're detained. <laughs> and he sticks them away. Imprisons them, although in some sort of luxury palace. So speculation is that the uh, old bastard who runs the place, King, what's his name? Uh, King Solomon is in poor health. He's about to croak it, and MBS is trying to solidify his rule by detaining everybody who might say otherwise. That's a real Game of Thrones sort of thing. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's a heck of a way to run a regime, you know? You're thinking, you know, I don't know about my cousin, uh... Muhammad. <laughs> Most people are certainly Muhammad. So kind of a go-to. Actually, the one guy who was detained is Muhammad. Uh, I don't like the way Muhammad looks at me. I'm thinking I'd detain him for a little while, see what happens. Couldn't hurt. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a, a regional power in our, our ally. Yeah. And we sell him zillions of bucks worth of arms, and it's Game of Thrones. People are guessing what you and your wife sang uh, at karaoke. Islands in the Stream? Um, you don't bring no. me flowers. No, here's the thing. It's not known as a duet. Oh. It's just a song that has lots of harmonies in it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but I'm. Mean, it's, it's our business. What happens in the bedroom and the karaoke place stays oh, there. I'd a lot rather, of similarities there. I'd rather people had a video of me in the bedroom than me karaoke for a lot of nights. <laughs> I'd rather have karaoke. <laughs> as a consumer, you're saying. <laughs> If you're offering me both. In terms of embarrassment, I think yeah. there's some karaoke out there that if iPhones had existed, I wouldn't be pleased with. If you're concerned about karaoke, you learned everything you need to know about karaoke from the Russell Crowe movie Gladiator. Win the crowd, win your freedom. If you're not confident you can pull off the song, just do a song that you know the crowd will sing the chorus along with you. Yeah, exactly. uh, Friends in Low Places is a very good example of that. You do that one, the crowd starts singing with you, you just put the mic out there, you yeah. ain't even got to sing it. There right? you go. You're not, enter- you're not to showing off, you're there to help people to entertain them to raise their level of joy that's a good idea very generous of you sean armstrong and getty announced the boarding of the final thoughts express here's your host for for final thoughts joe getty hey naif you want to play golf today are we going to play golf or are you going to detain me no we're going to play golf (laughs) it'd be tough to be a saudi prince hey let's get a final thought from everybody how about michelangelo in the control room pressing the buttons michael final thought uh, yeah, look online. I have an interesting story about buying Girl Scout cookies that was pretty uh, entertaining. And just a tip, if you get Thin Mints, put them in the freezer. They're great that way. 
Uh, of course, yeah. Positive, Sean. Final thought? Yes, today I will be uh, resuming my daily practice of being antisocial. Wait, no, I'm being told I am self-quarantining. Yes, you are. You're practicing social distance. Yes, exactly. Right. Well, thank you on behalf of the rest of us. Jack, final thought for us? Hey, grown-ups, take charge in these meetings when they're deciding whether or not to cancel this or that and say, is this really necessary? Do we have any information to back up this decision? Why would we close school this week? can open it next week that makes no sense no we're not canceling the wedding for instance my final thought is the pr geniuses of the week are the good folks at tito's vodka who got all sorts of numbskull news people to repeat the story that do not use tito's vodka as a hand sanitizer oh, it one. needs to be 100 proof or more and tito's is 80 i heard that story over and over and over again on friday very clever it's any vodka but the good folks at tito's figured out how to manipulate you mouth breathers into saying the name of their product over and over again that's really smart and tito's is a delicious vodka. Perfectly lovely. American-made, Jack. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up on another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all our podcasts there for you. Lots and lots of them. Featured clicks and links and, and, and all sorts of good stuff. You can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you tomorrow with all the latest on everything. This is going to be a crazy week, I think. They're all crazy weeks now, though, aren't they? Yes. Yes. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios. Mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? You know what I think would be fun is if you did karaoke and you got to choose the other person's song. Aye, aye, oh, boy. Aye. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.